Welcome to Energy Talks, a regular podcast series with expert discussions on power system testing topics. My name is Scott Williams from the podcast team at Omicron, and I will be your host. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to discuss how companies in the energy sector can take protection testing to the next level to save not only time and costs, but also optimize the safety, quality, and reliability of their protection systems. Here's some background into this topic. In times of aging assets on the one hand and new technologies being implemented into evolving power systems on the other hand, the demand for protection testing is increasing substantially while protection testing professionals are becoming increasingly scarce. This is a challenge for the whole energy sector, as a reliable and continuous power supply needs to be ensured. Therefore, protection relays, which are a key component of power grids, need to be installed properly and maintained on a regular basis. However, conventional testing methods cannot keep up with the growing demand, as they are very time-consuming. But there are options, namely advanced protection testing approaches. Joining me in this episode to offer his insights into advanced protection testing is Till Wellfonder. Till has a degree in electrical engineering and a PhD in the field of fault location in neutral compensated medium voltage networks. Till started his career in 1998 as a protection engineer at Schneider Electric High Voltage. In 2000, he joined Siemens and was responsible for protection and control activity in the company's international high-voltage, medium-voltage substation project business. And in 2007, Till took over the medium-voltage division of Siemens France. In 2009, Till joined Omicron, and since 2018, he is Omicron's regional manager Europe with a particular focus on advanced and automated protection testing solutions. Hello, Till. Welcome to Energy Talks. Hello, Scott. Thank you for inviting me. Relay protection and protection testing is always a very passionate topic, in particular when we talk about advanced testing and uh, the different uh, levels of it. I'm happy to share some thoughts about it. Very good. Well, thank you for being here with us. Till, can you give us a little more background regarding the challenges businesses in the energy sector are facing when it comes to protection testing? First of all, we should start off when we talk about protection testing. What is protection about and, and what do protection devices or systems do? So then we understand better the challenges also and the different business uh, who are involved in this. So the protection in in a system is normally there to eliminate a fault in a grid, uh, in a line or an asset, uh, where we transmit electrical power. And this is a running system and the protection devices are installed in, in substations and they permanently control if everything's correct, if the complete system is running correctly. So. If there is something occurring, if there is some fault occurring somewhere, they have to interfere. They have to know that there is a fault which has to be eliminated. And then they have immediately to send a signal to the, the breaker. Here, it is of course now very important that we have a very reliable protection system. Reliable means that there is no wrong tripping, that we continue the power supply, that we not trip for nothing. But it's also important if there is really a fault 
that it is reliable and sufficiently fast. Because if you don't cut off the power supply, um, yeah, then we get, first of all, it is dangerous for the safety of maybe people involved and so on. But it's also the longer the fault lasts, uh, there is also material can be destroyed, which is then also a safety risk again. And it's also important that the protection system is eliminating a fault uh, selectively. That means we don't want to cut off the whole power system, but only ideally the part which where is the fault and then maybe reconnect very quickly that the power system goes out with any disturbances. So the challenges now in this, in this process is that we have very many grid configurations and many conditions of the different grids and uh, also a lot of parameters to consider. And we have assets in the system which are aging and which also are very expensive. So there is, there is a lot of uh, financial considerations also involved. If we lose such an asset, it's not only safety, but of course, safety and reliability, but it's also the costs involved. And we have also a grid who is, which is involving, which is changing permanently. That is the parameters, the lined and ground parameters are permanently evolving. But now also with the new decentralization, before it was all central, now we go to decentralize with the new energy, um, distributed energy resources, um, the grid is evolving and the protection system has to follow. Yeah. So we have to consider, and this is the challenge, we have to consider all cases. So for be sure that the protection is doing all this correctly, you need to test the protection from time to time. Uh, you have to, from time to time means uh, there are several phases. We come later to this. And uh, we have to know, of course, first, technically very well, what we have to test, what are the different impacts and the different cases. And for that, we need time, we need resources to do this, and we need tools. And um, yeah, we have also to organize all this testing and to plan it and to document it. And this not only once, but also consider that this has to be stable and in a good process over time. And therefore, um, we have to consider the whole life cycle of a protection in which different business actors are active. So basically, we can distinguish between three phases, let's say, from the product phase where the actors you talked, you asked me about the challenges for the business, um, the manufacturers, for example, in the product phase, they design protections, they adapt new protections to new challenges. Uh, for example, when the new renewable energy came up, so we have to have new protection algorithms and so on, which then have to be tested again. Uh, so they make tests in the R&D phase, then in type tests of these new protections, and then they go to production and they have also to check if everything's okay. That's the product phase. And then it comes to the system and project phase where, where of course, these protections are integrated into systems and substations and where we have to consider the overall stability and, and working of the protection system. And this is where, why we build up a substation while it's then commissioned and handed over to the customer, which is then might be utility, and where they have to start a regular maintenance to ensure that everything is going correctly. Uh, that's exactly the point. Um, also, after three years, six years, so in certain uh, test cycle phases. And at the end of the life cycle of this protection, then maybe we have to exchange the protection and put a new generation in, make renovation or refurbishment and so on. And uh, so the challenge for the business is 
to find always the right balance in on the one side, having the quality and the reliability and the safety and of the complete system. But on the other hand, um, to have a look at the time and the resources and the costs which are related to this testing. And um, yeah, in these moments where the technology is also evolving very fast and uh, the protection resources are short, then there obviously there is one key, not everything, but one key of this is, of course, to use advanced or become later to this automated testing solutions. Yeah, that's about the picture in where we're going to talk about. Wow, wow, many aspects to this topic. Thank you for that. Uh, Till, you are currently preparing for the Omicron European Protection Symposium in April 2022. What is the idea behind creating such an event? Yeah, the idea was, and, and the goal is to, to bring the different actors, which I just mentioned before, together and to share their challenges and their experiences on that topic of, of optimal efficiency when we talk about testing. To share a way of their way of working and organizing themselves, not only about technical details that they are more or less known, but more about the way of organizing and, and how they find their efficiency and what is important for them. The right tool is one thing, but the approach and the process, how to use it and to efficiently improve the complete testing process is another thing. And therefore sharing and comparing triggers ideas and helps to progress and to progress also together because we talk about different actors. The actors are, as I said, manufacturers, might be product companies, service providers, and system operators. So system operator of the grid is, for example, in utility, and they all have more or less the same job, which is job to be done is, is to test the relay, but their focus is different. The priority is different depending on the phase where they're active. Um, partially, their approaches in detail are also a bit different. And of course, their interests is not exactly the same when we talk about business. Um, that, that means um, they have a little bit an, a different optimum, but if we exchange and look at the whole process in general, from an economy point of view, we can even identify some solutions or approaches which can be beneficial for all of them, for the complete economy, um, if they work correctly together without, let's say, uh, putting into danger their own optimum of testing. Okay. Well, thank you. Till you said advanced protection testing is a solution for the challenges you mentioned at the beginning. How can advanced protection testing solve these challenges? Yeah, advanced. Let's say the, the basic in, in testing is preparation and let's say organization of testing. Of course, you can do manual testing. You go to your device in one or the other stage of of the life cycle of a protection and you just imagine what you want to test here. Many customers still do so and they have everything in their mind and they know what to do and they think they know what to do. But um, if we go to advanced protection testing, it's about the tools, as I said before, and it's also about the process. And it is there in terms of preparation organization that can be advanced, could be automated. 
but don't understand me wrong. It doesn't mean everything's automated. I haven't to do anything anymore. It can be half automated or full, fully automated words that scare some people a little bit. But I talk better about pre-prepared or organized or standardized testing. The importance is that you consider all cases, that you don't forget anything in any situation where you test, and that you save, that you save the time for doing other things, new challenges which appear with the evolution of technology, and that you're also able to understand and explain maybe to other people what you have done and how it has to be done. Then you can repeat tests, and you can also compare tests that you have done in another moment and uh, yeah, and then the whole thing has also to be compared uh, to doc be documented correctly so that it can be compared later. And that's about the way we have done the test, the test results itself. But it's also about very often also about what we have to test, which are the protection principles and how do they work in a different company? It's a little bit different from one company to the other. And then it's very important that advanced protection testing gives you also a possibility to transmit the, the competency that you have documented in a way. And it's also a tool where you can help uh, new engineers to, to train themselves. Yeah. And maybe a last word on what we could consider in advanced protection testing. There is, a, let's say, more classical approach with a parameter-oriented testing approach where you use uh, test templates and you test what is in the protection. And this is the classical approach, which has a lot of sense uh, in many phases of protection today. So we do this uh, with the test universe and the control center templates and maybe uh, the protection testing libraries. But there's also a system-based testing. That means um, where you simulate the power system itself you don't care in that moment about the setting of the relay, but you simulate the system and then you check uh, how the relay is reacting. And therefore, for example, also if you have a wrong setting parameter in your relay, um, you will detect this. And in the first approach, uh, you have tested with the wrongly calculated parameter. You will get a good test result, but the parameter was not wrong. In the second approach, you will find this. So the ideal combination would be to use both approaches. And um, yeah, therefore, it also needs a common understanding and involvement of all these actors in the event, so that we can here see um, where we can benefit for, from each other and which approaches should be maybe used. Example, project companies and utilities, they, they have to agree in advance on how it would be good to test the system. Yeah. Yeah. So in principle, always the same. Um, it's pre-preparation, organization, and the standardization, and then you get the benefits which are known. It's the time-saving, of course, also cost-saving, but it's also, on the other hand, safety, quality, and reliability, and to be open for technological evolution and to transmit the competence to others. That's basically what we call advanced protection testing. So, Okay. Now, going to time saving, can you indicate by how much efforts can be reduced and what are the key drivers for that? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, it depends on the application and again on the lifecycle phase where a customer is active. 
the target is to avoid and to to maybe to accelerate um, phases in which you have to do repetition. Yeah, and uh, if I give you an example, it's maybe more easier to understand. A manufacturer, for example, when he produces a protection, then he has to do, of course, many tests first in the R&D phase until a new protection or new protection function is ready. Then he it comes to a physical device and then he makes many types tests where he also tests uh, in detail um, each function and subfunction. But then when it comes to production, he makes routine tests and there you can install a lot of repetition. You don't have to do this manually. Maybe more clear if we talk about project companies and there you see already it's a little bit different of whom we talk about. Um, there, it is, it is very important when they get a new project and imagine they get a new protection device they don't know, then it's important that they start earlier to investigate how it really works and to test it, that they have understood how it works. If there is maybe an impact on the wiring and on the design diagrams to, to, um, to consider, um, then everything that they can do before rather before than later it is it is best for them that the later they modify the more time it takes because everything's already planned and has a lot of impact on the time and also of the cost so if they make normally a factory um, acceptance test or a factory test where the panels are already configured uh, then you can do a quick fact and factor acceptance test and send the whole panels then to site and then you do it at the end to try to find out all the remaining errors or you try to make it in a very clever way you make an anticipated um, an early fat a detailed fat that means you collect together even in the factory already all the protection panels you build up the complete uh, system of of uh, secondary equipment or protection equipment and you invest much more time to be sure that here all faults are corrected when then later the system is shipped to site and is built in and connected to the primary equipment when a lot of different company and actors are installing and finalizing the system under a lot of time pressure and also increased costs yeah then you are there and you know already that the system is working correctly and you have much less errors later on so of course you also work here by testing of typical bays and if the same bay type line or transformer bay and so on you repeat this then you can also here with predefined test routines um do the ones much more in detail and where it's repetitive repetitive you can use these automated functions yeah a utility if I go also to that part, maybe quickly, they, of course, are the, the users and the customers of these substations they buy. So they pre-qualified uh, protection there. Then they validate these uh, test conditions of the FAT and of the site acceptance test. And they also participate into this testing where they want to understand. So here again, optimal transfer of how are we doing this? What are we testing? How are we testing it? If, if we have here, standardized test routines and a good documentation of what we are doing then we then we win a lot of time not only the project company and the utility uh, but also both together and if then we would be also so open in our overall process to even transfer these test routines to the utility they have a good start when they go into the maintenance phase and and can reuse these routines um, and this way of automated testing 
uh, during the, the maintenance phases. First of all, in some cases, there even has to come the line first because the substation is ready and the line is not there. So they have to, utilities have to retest with a new real calculated and measured line parameters. And then in the, when the, it goes to the life cycle testing, the maintenance testing, it could be also here important that maybe some utility have some expert teams who, who do a detailed testing and they have some local teams which do, let's say, a little bit more focused and simplified testing in different life cycle stages. So how much effort can be reduced depends a lot where we are. We have evaluated this um, from our customers and basically they have said that we can reduce and we have estimated this that we can use the test time all included yeah, uh, to one fifth of testing when you do it manually. So if you do advanced testing with all advantages you have also in terms of quality and, and uh, let's say reliability, we need only 20% of the time that you need with manual testing. That means we save 80%. So of course this has also, but not only a financial aspect. Okay. Well, speaking of that, well, first of all, that's very impressive in terms of the time savings. But what is the financial impact of adopting such an approach? That's a, a difficult topic. Again, it depends, of course, if you are a manufacturer, project, company, utility or a service provider. And it depends on your your location where we talk about. Because from time to money, you need a rate. So we have to look what is the daily, what is the daily rate. Yeah. And um it is to focus very often more. It depends on how much you focus on using the time for making cost saving out of it or how much you use the safe time for making other advantages happening. That means increasing your quality or safety or you use your engineers uh, for, for future technologies. This you have to take into account before giving a a rough uh, impact on what this does financially mean. And of course, when we talk about financial impact, we also have to distinguish there are two parts. If you have a, a system outage or if you make tests and you have to cut off the system and it takes you a lot of time, which is related to costs. And also if there is a, it's a fault and you have costs due to the consequences, loss of supply, the contractual costs or destruction of material, this also has to be considered. So <clears throat> that is one part of the cost. Um, the other one is the daily rate engineering costs and uh, which are different. If we look at Europe, yeah, for example, because we talk about the European event here mainly, um, and if you go on the on the safe side to get an estimation, yeah, if you say, for example, we have a 75 euro cost, I don't say selling value cost per hour, uh, which is about 800 euro a day. That's that's a rough to have a rough value, yeah. Um, and as we heard now, uh, the cost, the time reduction can be to up to to reduce it to one fifth. But we go on the safe side and take only one third, yeah. If you would only be one third of the time we would only need yeah that's and then we also consider that that maybe a device is not used all the time it's also standing around and uh, it's somewhere shipped around and if you say we only use it 20 percent of its time 
Then we calculated the time saving. The annual time saving is about 60 kilo euros a year. So you maybe all know the, the cost of a protection device, but the return of invest of an, a good device where you can make automated and advanced testing is about six months or one year, depending on, on how you use it and, and how you have configured it. If I give you an example, if you want to have an example for we made an example of an international manufacturer. He's manufacturer in a project company, it's a big one. He had a device pool of 500 uh, test devices um, worldwide, of course, an international company, which was the, the pool was growing over the years and now it has about 500 devices. There we calculated together that there was a saving of about 10 to 30 million euro per year. And uh, so we continue to work uh, together with the teams of the company and they made their own measurement in one of their subsidiaries for one country. And they came up uh, with the same confirmation and they even went beyond that. So we're quite sure that it is a, there is a big uh, time and, and also financial saving in here. Again, it depends on how, how much time you want to save uh, turn into money and how you want to reinvest it. You have to know the protection resources are very scarce resources, very seldom to find resources. And um, we have a lot of work, new work for them coming up. And uh, so it's not about reducing um, work, uh, testing headcount. We have to use them in different ways to prepare our system for the future. Till, thank you for those examples. Are there other pain points businesses in the energy sector are facing yeah as as we said already of course the safety aspects today are very very important we have a very strict policies and it is also very good that that we avoid any any accident and you all know um the more time you have for doing things and the less stress you have the less accidents happen, the more you are prepared and know what you do. And therefore, it is, first of all, the time saving. We talked about it before. For what to use the time? If the time saving goes, a part of it goes into preparing the work correctly, taking care about checking safety things. This helps a lot. So therefore, it's also here very important. But also here, the advanced testing permits, uh, when we talk about pre-prepared test routines, we can integrate help, safety hints and warnings, and even up to wiring diagrams that you know when to give it a thought again and to check what to do. So that is also integrated safety support. And also, of course, it helps to train the people in advance that they, they are sure of what they are doing. That is very important. A second impact is, of course, quality and reliability. We have said that already because your reputation as a company is depending on this and, and contractual costs are related. So that is, that is very important. And of course, we have system outages then if it's not done correctly. But as I said already, uh, the resources are very uh, difficult to find to get new resources. So therefore, it's important to make a good know-how transfer. If you look at the, that is an, a factor in many European countries, it's the case, it's the pyramid of the de demographic um, curve. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, we have few young people 
engineers coming later coming into this business and uh, the older ones are going into retirement so a lot of expertise could could leave so and the new ones are not only uh, let's say interested in going into relay protection business which is a traditional a very interesting the traditional uh, sector but with all these new technologies coming up so we have to share the resources with a lot of different options so it is important um, to train the new resources correctly and to having also a good way of documenting it and uh, to helping these new uh, resources which are coming who are coming also to use these let's say uh, testing practices with the new ideas they bring with them using the new technologies and to combine this maybe the most important challenge what i see today is um that in utilities for example that we uh, have also really to adapt the process to find a real optimization of the testing process maybe this have if you have expert teams were doing parts of it in more detail but then to define a regular rhythm where local teams which have to do a lot of different things are not maybe experts in all the details of protection testing that they have also in a clearly defined strategy the possibility to test what have to been tested that it is still comparable and um, to do this in a way that they are not losing the competency but they have the full uh, benefit out of if, if maybe an expert has pre-prepared something that they would use later on uh, for their tests. But these are all challenges, I think, which are far beyond of the pure pure time saving and um, and financial aspects. Till, thank you for that. How widespread is the use of such practices? Yeah, so this depends, of course, on on what countries and what areas we look about. So. In Europe, we have a quite established uh, grid, which is very heterogeneous also, but it's quite established with different technologies inside and where we have not the possibility to build up um, hundreds and thousands of substations where we want. So we have to take into account the conditions where exist in other countries and continents. So we have quickly we built uh, up new substations and um, the, the latest technology and uh, so we also adapt our our uh, test methods uh, to that so if you are in a in a system where a lot of things are established of course there are also a lot of uh, doctrines of a lot of testing procedures are already established and it's maybe more um, uh, difficult to change but in europe we have a very high rate of of automated testing um, if we took, yeah, I don't want to say in detail, but there are many countries where we have a very, very high level of um, also automated testing. Here it comes, a new phenomenon comes in uh, that that now with the appearance of digital relays and combined with the pressure on the resource market that they don't have enough people to test the question comes up should we really regular do regularly do the maintenance testing again the protection relays are digital uh, unless of the electromechanical relays where there was a drifting and an influence from the relays itself they say okay um the digital relays are maybe not uh, drifting so much there is they, they are not drifting so they're always the same um so do we really have to test or can we limit it to absolute minimum 
And uh, yeah, there we saw a tendency of these reflections, but we also saw um, a lot of people coming back um, of going to the extreme, not testing anymore, or only making quick checks. Uh, because, um, yeah, because there is a risk related to this. And um, we have a system which is changing permanently geographically. There are the, the earth and grounding factors are changing. Just if you build a new road or a new factory or a new cable and so on, this is changing. This has nothing to do with the protection. And then your protections are not set anymore correctly. So this you have to, to change. Also, the grid is changing. We are taking into account the new energy, energy resources, distributed resources. The load flow is changing. We have the structures are changing. And the, here we have to test again that it still uh, is working correctly. And there is new technology brings also new complexity with it. Also, when software updates are done and so on, you have to be sure that everything has to be changed, has been changed to the better and you have to retest it. So. We are also using power grids in the moment. Uh, we have to look where we get our energy from um, and change our way of producing energy in a more cleaner way. So we have to use the, the power grids much more up to its limits also. And using things up to its limits has also higher risks. So testing is and remains and even somehow increases to be very important. So. It is very widespread and um, the use of such methods, there was a tendency to go back to test a, test a little bit less, but people are coming back and now rather than testing less, are looking for an organized approach uh, to really see where do we have to test what. And uh, yeah, and we see also a lot of countries in Europe where is still a lot of uh, progress possible where people test already correctly module by module, but they don't use the benefit of an overall sequence per protection relay where you have one test sequence and you get one test report out of it and you can later on compare one to one. There is also a lot of progress here, depending on the country and the customers. Okay, this is very interesting. Thank you, Till. Could you explain why some businesses may be hesitant in adopting this approach? I think it's it's related to history and uh, organizational structures. Of course, there are, if you change or if you standardize to something and you have always been tested manually or in certain ways or uh, region by region does it differently, there are some initial efforts to be invested in terms of organization. First of all, to think, what do we want to do? What, what, First, what needs to be done, what we want to do, and how do we do it? And do we give it an autonomy, or do we want to standardize it for the whole country or for region per region? So this is a sort of a reflection to be done. And there are local habits to be taken into account and changes into companies. But sometimes people are people who are in these positions are not even knowing about all these possibilities that you have, and they consider it's just a we go just there with a test device and that's it. But the biggest gain of it is seeing the advantages of the system that you have, applying it correctly and rolling it out to a region or a country, depending on how much autonomy you want to give. And, and, and therefore, we are also here, and that was one of the reasons of this event also, and of other events, which we continuously do, of course, at Omicron, to, to share experience 
to trigger ideas and, and also to help our customers in optimizing their processes. Very good, Till. And how is this approach connected to the technological evolution? Yeah, again, you have time to explore new things. So the, the evolution, even in our energy business where things moved a little bit more slow traditionally because we have high investments and a large structure. Now the new technology digitalization is coming and um, you have to to look how you fit these different two life cycles together of a, let's say, slower evolving energy system and a very fast evolving technology life cycle. Yeah, How to fit them together. There you need the time to give it a thought, to structure it correctly, and also to train your teams to follow uh, this evolution. And there we have to consider one thing. Relay experts or relay testers, there are, they have to be electricians. They have to have an electrical background. But as we said right in the beginning, the target of relay testing is, and of relay, relay protection is, to ensure that the power grid is running correctly. And here we are in electrical process. And people have to understand this technical process and it's a very deep and very, um, yeah, um, very detailed electric training and education that you have to have here. Now, if the new technologies come and we go to 61850, and to data buses and so on, then the protection with normally gets some input on one side and sends out a decision to the breaker to trip. And this is an electrical process. Now, suddenly it becomes another output, which is the information that goes to the grid, that goes to the, the, the digital information grid in the, in the bus, in the substation. And for the relay experts who are electricians, that is not always easy to make, make that switch to a new world of information technology and uh, protocols and, and so on and so on. So here, um, if we can supply and use uh, advanced protection testing solutions, which helps a relay testing expert with an electrical background to understand more easily what he has, how he has to connect his testing device and how this all fits together with the, um, let's say, the digital part. If this tool helps him to do this more easily, for example, by taking automatic test routines, which do so much integrate more or less like a digital wiring of the, of the protection relay and the device that you don't have to do this each time manually, but it takes away from you a part of this load. Then it helps the test engineer to focus on his main task, protection testing and to protect the power grid and to test that that works correctly. Okay. Now you've presented many good arguments why um, this approach should be adopted, but are there any downsides to this approach? Not a lot. A lot of psychological things, depending on the structure, maybe also the downsides. As I said before, initial invest in the reflection and the organization to put in place such, such standardized or let's say pre-organized or automated testing procedures. 
of course, there is always the pressure. That's it. Um, an initial cost of a purchaser. So if people are triggered to look on the price only of a testing tool or a solution, then it is, of course, difficult to get in the same time all benefits out of it and all the maximum results uh, that you want to have. So it is very important, but many companies are evolving already in that direction, that people look at the overall process and the overall benefits of this process and also about testing solutions. Um, they have to look at the total cost of ownership if they buy something and, and see where they have to automate it. There's maybe a second, it's not a downside, but it's a, it's a fear. When people hear, I said it before, when he, people hear about automation, then there's always somebody in the room said, Ooh, this is it's like a ghost. Yeah. I will, my people will <laughs> lose competence. <laughs> but the contrary is the case. Yeah. The contrary is the case. As we had seen, it's not about pure automation. It's about better documenting, documenting, standardizing, making more visible, more training. The contrary is the case. If you, you don't have to do it automatically, but the task is to have everything ready and then to decide what you do automatically or what you do step by step and where you use it for documenting and for teaching. Okay. Thank you, Till. Now, one last question I have. Where can our listeners get more information at Omicron about protection testing or advanced protection testing? Yeah, I think, first of all, directly to the podcast, there, there's possibility to, to give some feedback or some answers and, and get some feedback from us also. Um, we have on our website um, a cover story about advanced protection testing. Um, there is again a description of the topic and it's also illustrated what we cannot do here in the podcast. So it's a simple schematic where you see all this more in detail. And there will be also some, some links and, and maybe some, some papers and documentation of the cases I just talked about and how we do advanced protection testing and automated protection testing. There is another possibility uh, to do, go directly to our product uh, website, uh, the Omicron product website. So omicronenergy.com and maybe have a look also on the the part on um, application of relay protection testing. If there you look for the software solutions that we have operating software solutions, uh, there you will find um, for the parameter on test or into testing um, under under the keyword test universe or, or control center or PTL uh, protection testing library templates, there you find everything about the advantages of this part. And you can also find about system-based testing, what I said before, these two complementary approaches, which is best to get them together. Um, solutions under the keyword relay sim test, you will find also solutions here. And if you have any other questions, please just ask any area sites manager of Omicron directly. He will help you, will be very happy to help you. Or if you don't know, just write directly to one of these uh, general Omicron context, which is also on the application uh, really protection testing website. Yeah, you can ask questions and we will be happy to help our listeners. Very good. Well, Till, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and experiences about advanced protection testing with us in this episode of Energy Talks. It was a pleasure. 
I hope uh, it was interesting for our audience and I maybe get some feedback or some some questions. Again, we would be happy to help you. And, and maybe we get also some ideas and contributions for future cases and that will trigger maybe another event series later on. Well, we certainly hope so. Well, thank you again for joining us for this episode. Okay. Thank you, Scott. And a big thank you to our audience for listening to this episode of Energy Talks. We would really like to know what you think about our podcast and which topics you would like to hear more about in the future. Also, if you have questions about a particular episode for our guest experts, please let us know. To do this, simply send us an email to podcast at omicronenergy.com. We greatly appreciate your questions and feedback. Omicron has several years of experience in power system testing and offers you the matching solution for your application. This includes protection testing, which was the topic of this episode. For more information, be sure to visit our website at omicronenergy.com. Please join us to listen to the next episode of Energy Talks. Goodbye for now, everyone. Mm-hmm.